0: Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. All right, let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and John chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and John chapter 6. Brother Kelly and I met this earlier in the week. We talked about a lot of things. We didn't compare notes. We did not. What are you preaching on? What are you preaching on? Just I don't know. God just put us in a couple of the same verses for this morning's Sunday school and now for this evening's lesson. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for The evidence of things not seen. You can see good works. You can see water baptism. You can see church membership. None of those things are going to get you into the body of Christ. Good things to do, necessary things to do, but not attached to salvation. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse number 63. Great passage of Scripture. It is. The spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The quickening power comes from the spirit of the living God. You can't get into holy water and be made holy. You can only be made holy by a holy God. And it's not by good works. It's not by good works performed in the flesh because it merits you nothing. In every case in the book of Acts, those that have got water baptized have all believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as a prerequisite. We've got to understand this. We've got to hold fast to this. Religion always has and always will emphasize what you can see with your eyes. True biblical Christianity doesn't emphasize that because it's a spiritual thing. The Spirit quicken it. That's why people think that the building is a church. We know the church is the body of Christ. Where do we meet? We meet at a church house. Good works. Religion always emphasizes that done for Christ. True biblical Christianity will emphasize the good work that Christ did for us. You see how the same words are said, but it's not the same meaning. Religion emphasizes water baptism as a way to become right before God. Religion emphasizes a picture of Christ on a wall or a picture of Christ on a necklace or a picture of Christ on the crucifix. Biblical Christianity, it's not Jesus Christ on a wall. It's the Lord Jesus Christ dwelling inside the believer. Now you can see one, but you can't see the other. You can't see it. Trusting in the good things that God had done for me. If I trust in my good works, if you can call them that, they really don't count for anything in God's eyes. If you're trusting in your good works, if you or your friends or your neighbors could call you a good person, it's going to merit you nothing. Not when it comes to the salvation of your soul. Now let's get Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and we'll start at verse number 1. God's word says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. All of us, God records our past life, you would record your past life as rebellious, disobedient, sinful. When the Spirit quickens you, God now records that life in the past. That is not who you are now. He recreated you. That's why you and I are called new creatures. People say, "Well, what about what about people that say they're in, they're they're uh, they're Christians and they just they just live like the devil?" Well, somebody can buy you a a headshot of. Donald Trump, and you can put it on the back of your car so it looks like he's in the back seat. But nobody that pulls up to the side of you at a stop sign really thinks that Donald Trump is in the back seat. (laughs) He's not really there, right? It's a picture. And just telling you, these Christians that say they're saved, and maybe they are but they're living like the devil, they're not fooling anybody. Nobody's buying it. Nobody is buying it. I didn't say they weren't saved. I didn't say God didn't regenerate them. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is you got a better shot at convincing that Donald Trump is sitting in your backseat than you do a lost person if you say you're saved and living like the devil i telling you, we, and Brother Nathan was at me. We did the Blues and Brews Festival. We handed out some gospel tracts there and, and got to talk to some people. And you wouldn't be surprised how many people, when I offered them a gospel tract, said, Oh, I'm a Christian. Why are you at a drunk fest if you're a Christian? You're not fooling anybody. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to buy it. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, isn't that great? But God, he just shows up, and that's just so great. That's so cool. I love that in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By water are you saved. No, by grace are you saved. Here's what religion says. Just pick one. Doesn't matter because they all say the same thing as a bottom line. Religion says, look at your life. It's not really all that great, is it? Get your life cleaned up. And then you'll be right with God. And then it's time to get saved. And true biblical Christianity says the exact opposite. Look at your life. It ain't that great, is it? And God loved you in your sin. And died for you because of your sin. And don't try to clean yourself up and present yourself as clean because you're dirty. And I am the one who can clean you and wash you and make you righteous and holy. And every time you see a religion that pops up its ugly head and is pointing people to good works of some sort, that's a red flag. Religion always enslaves Jesus Christ, always saves. He saves people who are dead in their sins and He quickens them and makes them alive to never die again. Now, verse number 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. It's the riches of His grace. Salvation is not of our works. Verse number 8, For by grace He is saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, great. So now that I'm saved, I can live how I want and I can sin and I can do all this stuff. Well, let me ask you a question. People that aren't saved and haven't trusted Christ as their Savior and they're unregenerate, don't they wake up every morning and don't they do whatever they want? (laughs) They live by the flesh. They do what they want. That's what people do what they want to do. You're a saved child of God. You have been regenerated. You have been recreated. And now, don't you wake up in the morning and still do whatever you want to do? I mean, we do. We do. Christians shouldn't be made to feel like. They have to live for God and they have to serve God and they have to obey God because if not, God's going to strike them down. Because we can see all around, we can see in our own life, we've failed, we've fallen short, and God didn't strike us down, did He? We're still going. Shouldn't me and you and all Christians alike, after we've been regenerated, Shouldn't we wake up and say, God, I want to live for You. I want to obey You out of the outpouring of such a thankful heart for what He did for us. Shouldn't that be our attitude? And I think we can have that as our attitude if we really wrap our minds around He loved us while we were yet sinners. It wasn't like we cleaned our life up it, a little itty bit and then all of a sudden he loved us. He died for our sins. Verse number 10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God didn't ordain us to go anywhere like the Calvinists would teach. You're ordained to go to heaven or you're ordained to go to hell. There's not really much you can do about it. You're either part of the elect or not part of the elect. God ordained that we should be something. Which is what? Good works. We are ordained if we are in Christ and He before ordained that we should walk in them. That means every child of God Jesus Christ wants them, God the Father wants them, to do good works. Is baptism a good work? It is. Should believers get baptized? They absolutely should. But that's what it is. It's a work. People can get baptized before they're saved, but it's not really going to render them much. It's really a waste of time, and it's, it's for naught. But once you are a Christian, once you're in Christ, your life should follow good works. One of them should be obeying the Lord in believers' baptism. And also the reason why God recreated us is so that we would live a life of good works. So this idea is that I'm saved and I can just go and do what I want, well, that's not really a principle in the Bible. The idea is I'm saved. I'm in Christ. God before ordained that we should walk in good works. That's what He wants for us. To be doers. Do, do, do good works. Not to get saved. But because we're grateful that we are saved. Now let's go over to Luke chapter 3, please. We're going somewhere with this. I gotta tie up a thought that we ended with last Sunday. Luke chapter three. Verse number fifteen. Okay. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them, All. I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Period. Except there's not a period there. (laughs) There's a colon that's there. That's why it's important we observe the punctuation because this is a tie-in all of this is tied together. When you see the word but, but one mightier than I, he's saying, look, he's creating a division here. On the other hand, or on the contrary too, he okay, John's doing this, but somebody is going to come after me and do something different. So we see that, right? We see that difference he's saying on the contrary. John... Jesus Christ. John puts you in water. Which was kind of like the weird thing going on if you think about it, because if water did save you, well, what happened before John came on the scene? And God is always saved by His grace. But anyway, He puts you in water. And then He says, but, now we see the contrast. Okay, John, Jesus. Now we see the contrast of baptism, water. And now Jesus, Spirit, and fire. Holy Ghost and fire, right? So we see that. But then there's a colon. But people get fired up. They get pumped up. Oh boy, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost and some fire, man. But you're not. (laughs) Because you're going to get one or you're going to get the other. But you can see how this verse can bring in some confusion. A new Christian is reading it. Oh, wow. Does that mean I'm going to start speaking in tongues? And does that mean I'm going to... I understand where they're grabbing it. But you got to look at it. Jesus Christ is going to do two things. But He's not going to do those same two things to the same person. Now look at this, because that colon is important. He says, Baptize you the Holy Ghost with fire, colon. Now this is tied right in. Verse 17 is tied right in with verse 16. Whose fan is in His hand, and He will thoroughly purge His floor and will gather the wheat into His garner, Semicolon. but the chaff He will burn with unquenchable fire. So verse 17 qualifies verse 16. So, What does he use? Wheat? What is it? Wheat is good grain. Wheat is gathered in. Wheat, the Lord keeps it. Chaff is not good grain. It's burned up. It's not worth anything. Same baptizer. Different baptism. Jesus Christ baptizes, yes, He does with fire. Yes, He does with the Holy Ghost. It's the same baptizer, Jesus Christ. That's what He will baptize with. But you don't receive both. You receive one or the other. Some farmers will add chaff to their corn. They'll add the chaff or the outer husk to the corn that they feed their horses. You know why they do it? So that the horse don't eat so fast. It takes them a little bit longer to get through the food. But at the end of the day, the horse doesn't eat both. That chaff is left and that corn is eaten. It's one or the other. Now, we have sheep. We tend to sheep. We give them hay. But we don't really have that good of grass. So you know what's in the hay? It's stemmy. It's the chaff. It's the worthless stuff. But it's all baled in the same bundle. When we go out the next morning, you know what we see is gone? All the stuff that had some value and nutritional worth. And they ate it all up. You know what's left? The chaff. It's both there. It's both given. But they only receive one. You see, there's a difference here between the chaff, the worthless stuff, and then the stuff of value. And God is making this distinction in His Word so that we see the difference. Alright, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's get over there. Alright, a little bit of review on one verse. We're going to cover some new things. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink unto one spirit. I will admit, if I just look at it at face value, that's a bit hard to understand. Really? Maybe you would admit, if you're just if you reading that as a, an unbeliever or a new believer or even as a seasoned believer, maybe that might be hard to understand. And you kind of see how religion rears its head because it's just easier to see and picture a physical man standing there and then dunking another physical man into a body of water and then coming up. It's a little easier to picture that. It's a little easier to understand that. But you mean to tell me that there's a spirit and he's going to baptize all of us, like you and you and you and you and you and you and me, into one body? Huh? I can't see that. God doesn't ask us to be able to mathematically figure out every single thing in the Bible. If we would just read it and believe it, we would save ourselves a lot of trouble. I mean, wouldn't we? (laughs) Instead of coming across a hard passage of Scripture and just wrestling with ourselves our whole life on it, why don't we just read it and believe what God says? Yes, so that's what happens. We're Okay. Now I'll go back to verse number 3 in that same chapter. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, if you were following in your Bible, you noticed something. I did not read that passage accurately. This is why it's important that we're all in our Bibles, because every word of God is pure. Now, I want to see if you can find, if you haven't, I want to see if you can find the mistake that I did. And this is how subtle things happen. This is how subtle changes occur. But watch, I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read the verse incorrectly. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. I read it wrong again. I left out one little itty-bitty word. The. It's important that the is there. That's a definite article. Jesus just, Jesus isn't Lord one among many Lords, as the ESV, the NIV, the New King James would say. They want to take out one little itty bitty word and say, well, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal because Jesus Christ is the Lord. Definite article, he's not one Lord among many Lords, he's not a bigger Lord against the lesser Lords. None of that. He is the Lord. We've got to get that wrapped around our head. Any of the other little L-lords, shake them down. Jesus is the Lord. And when you're reading this, where does the understanding come from? Now read a passage, I just don't understand it. The understanding comes from the Spirit. So those of us who are saved, the more we yield to the Spirit, the more we start to understand things got to yield to the Spirit, not the flesh. Now, verse number 4. Okay, we see the Trinity. Now there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. Okay, so there's Spirit in verse 4. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Okay, so there we have Lord. Verse number 5. And then uh, we see uh, God, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. So 4, 5, and 6 give you the picture of the Trinity. Verse number 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to all men to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. You and I have to manifest something. We're saved. We will manifest something through the Holy Spirit. Everybody isn't called to be a preacher. Those that are called to be a preacher aren't all going to preach the exact same way. They all have different styles, they all have different personalities. But you know what we have that's the same? Same Spirit. And that Spirit should be manifested. Everybody should be able to use their gifts. All right, Romans chapter 6. Ties in a bit with Ephesians 2, as a child of wrath. Uh, okay, verse number 1. Read seven passage or seven verses out of this passage. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall, also, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Water baptism represents our old life is done. It gives a public picture, something physical for people to see. Doesn't save us, but it does give a picture. Old life is done. Now, as fun as it might be to hold somebody underwater, (laughs) we don't do that, do we? Maybe if you don't like him, you hold him under for an extra second or two. But he's raised up. He comes up out of the water, raised them up in the newness of life. What's it supposed to picture? That we're ready to go. We're ready to live for the Lord. We're publicly testifying to people who didn't see what happened inside of us when we got baptized by the Holy Spirit. We're giving them something physical to see. And we're raised in newness of life. We shouldn't be in the dumps. We shouldn't be depressed. God gave us a new life. We should be able to be free to live, God forbid, a life of sin. No. We should be free to live a holy, righteous, separated life unto God. All right. Colossians chapter 2. Religion enslaves, Jesus saves. If if religion doesn't keep you from coming to Christ and trusting Him, it will do its best to try to keep you from serving Him after you get saved. Verse number 8. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit, For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Are you saved? I'm saved. We are 100% complete in Christ. The moment that we get saved, we have all of the tools necessary to live a life of Christian servanthood. To live a holy life, to live a righteous life, to live an obedient life. The devil tries to trip us up and convince us otherwise. I got tools out in my garage. Some of them I know how to use. Some of them I don't know how to use. You and I got saved. Some of the gifts we know how to use, some of the gifts we don't know how to use. I have tools in my garage. Some of them sit dormant and I don't use them and I should be using them. Right? Honey, fix the... (laughs) i got to (laughs) go. Right? We have things that we should be doing and we have the tools, but we don't do them. You and I got saved. We have gifts from the Holy Spirit we should be using. And guess what we let them do? We let them sit dormant In the garage, and we should be using them. That's why God gave them to us. Don't let the devil trip you up. Don't let I don't want the devil tripping me up. We are complete in Him, and we have everything that we need to live victoriously. In whom, verse number eleven, Colossians two. Also, ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision in your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. Triumphing, triumphing over them in it. Okay, well, tongue twister. We talked a bit about this last Sunday. It's a spiritual operation. It is not a church rite. It's not a sacrament made with hands. Your past sins, my past sins. Your life of bondage to sin, my life of bondage to sin. God cut us loose from all that. Now. A lot of kids grow up in church. A lot of kids are in church right now. And they're unhappy. I don't want to live an unhappy life. Nobody wants to be unhappy. There's a lot of kids, they can't wait till they're 18 years old to get out of church. Because nothing's going on. Everybody's miserable. Nobody's happy. We need to be careful because... I want to have a good time living as a Christian. Doing good works, living a righteous life, doesn't mean no fun. It doesn't mean we get to go bowling one time a year at the Bible camp. We can have fun serving God. And the youth, the young ones, have to be able to see this. We can't let them live in a vacuum. If you take something away, you have to replace it with something else. God took away our past life, He took away our sins. Now we ought to dedicate our life to live for Him. All right, now what did we talk about? We're going to finish here. Let's go over to Revelation. Get Revelation. And. Revelation and Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 20. Keep your finger in Ezekiel chapter 20. Okay, so we finished last Sunday with there's two types of baptism that Jesus does and it's not water. We talked about that a little bit this evening. We receive as believers the baptism of the Holy Spirit when we're saved. And then obedient Christians then get immersed in water to testify outwardly what happened inwardly. Make sense? Everybody knows that there's one more baptism we're talking about tonight, and that's the one of fire. Well, who gets that? Praise God, not me. And praise God if you are saved, not you. Revelation chapter 19. Verse number 20. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Water baptism is by immersion. Holy Spirit immerses you into Jesus Christ. And you are going to be immersed, those that are unbelieving, into, they're going to go directly into a lake of fire. This is why we must warn the lost. Because they will be baptized. Water isn't going to save them. And the lake of fire is going to be eternal torment. We've got to get them into Jesus Christ. They must be immersed by the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens when they trust Christ. They receive the baptism of the Spirit. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 9, they went up. Revelation 20, verse 9, went up on the breath of the earth and encompassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened. Which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse number 11, you have a literal throne. Verse number 12, we have a literal God. We have literal books. We have literal judgment. Verse number 13 through 15, all of a sudden, it's not a literal hell. It's not a literal lake of fire, rather. I don't buy these modern guys trying to push this stuff off. It's literal. It's literal. It's a literal lake of fire that people will be immersed into. And this is why we must warn the lost. We must. Everything in this passage, same with Luke 16, everything in there is real until people that don't want to believe the Bible try to convince you, well, that's just a parable. It's real. And real souls are going there. That is why we do what we do when we witness to people. Last passage, and I am done. Let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 20. This is a curious verse. Ezekiel chapter 20. Let's start at verse 45. Last verse and we will close. Moreover, the word of the Lord. Ezekiel 20 verse 45. Came unto me saying, Son of man, set thy face toward the south, and drop thy word toward the south, and prophesy against the forest of the south field, and say to the forest of the south, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will kindle a fire in thee, and it shall devour every green tree in thee, and every dry tree. The flaming flame shall not be quenched, and all faces from the south to the north shall be burned therein. And all flesh shall see that I, the Lord, have kindled it and shall not be quenched. Now, we're not going to be preaching on this passage and and Israel and all that. But I, I read that to read you this. People have been saying this for years. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, they say of me, doth he not speak parables? How do we make hell not real? We get to the passage and we say it's just a parable. How do we make the lake of fire not real? We get to those passages and we tell people it's just a parable. It's literal. And it's a real baptism that they will be baptized with. We've got to start taking God's word serious. Literal when it's speaking literal, right? And then in parables when it is spoken to in parables. So believers, when we're saved, we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We get water baptized if we obey the Lord in believer's baptism. Not for salvation, just to make a public display of what happened inwardly. Raised in newness in life, that's how we're going to live our life. But the lost... That's where our concern is. We want to get them baptized into the Jesus Christ so that they don't end up in hell and then eventually the lake of fire. I right, hope it was understandable. Let's bow and thank the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I know we skipped around quite a bunch tonight. Hope it was understandable. Hope it was clear. Help us to have a burden for souls as we understand what you're word says about baptism and help us get a burden to want to reach the lost and save them from the baptism that is coming their way. Jesus name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.